what are you going to do? What do you mean? Like, you haven't even done it. Like, you're like, going to be doing some... Well, I haven't been at darts. I've been oh. walking and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, but it hurts. Fuck. I'm going to take it out and just cry a river. I'm going to tell you... I don't know if I'm going to get around. The most disgusting name in the history of names. Are you ready? Dr. Thomas Neil Cream. Neil Cream! The Lambeth Poisoner. Neil Cream. That's like, you put it on your knees so you go to church and you pray a lot and you don't want to chafe. You can't dry out, honestly. Yeah, you don't want to chafe. Cream. No! Was born <laughs> in Glasgow, Scotland on May 27th, 1850. Four years later, the family moves from Scotland to Quebec. Why is Quebec. everyone moving everywhere? Calm down. Just stay where you are. Quebec. Quebec. So, the father, William Cream... What year? Do we have a year? Did you tell me a year? Yeah, 1850. You know, well, 1850 books. he was born, and then 1854 they moved to Quebec. When he was a baby. Mm-hmm. Cream. Cream is a baby cream. No! Butt paste. Boudreaux's butt paste! <laughs> that makes me think of my cousin. Not Beth. Her. <laughs> yes, it makes me think of Elizabeth. Elizabeth Bathory. Bethany. Exactly. The father manages some kind of, like, shipbuilding as they do. He probably built the Titanic. And that's why he went to Quebec, though, was because, like, to help with woodworking or whatever. Didn't the Ireland probably have a Titanic lot of Belfast I, or some shit? It was, like, tested in Belfast with the weight of 70 men. Fill these boats. Yeah. I wish there was a murder that happened on the Titanic that I was know, never I was able to be. Probably there was. But, like, I, I want it to be known. Oh. Just vaguely. Like, someone sends a letter. And it's like, there's been a death, and then it sinks, and then we just have to figure it out. Something floating is just like, yeah. Excuse me. Pardon. <laughs> Murder is afoot. Muck duck. So the father owns this shipbuilding firm, or like manages it at least, and Cream is apprenticing there. <laughs> I know. It's going to be Cream the whole time. His father Cream. Father owns Cream. And baby Cream is. Manages at minimum. And yeah, and baby Cream is like, okay, I'll oh work my for you, God. I guess. Baby Cream. <laughs> October 1872, Baby Cream is 22 yeah. years old. So he is young adult cream. Young adult cream. And he's like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. I'm going to study medicine for four years, which doesn't seem like enough years to study medicine, but okay. Back in the day, I'm sure. What was it? Uh, Here's bones, muscle, he, blood he, happens. He did his thesis in chloroform. Well, that seems... Well, no, because perhaps he wanted to be an anesthesiologist, and they used to use chloroform for that. Spoiler alert, he he wouldn't be in this episode if that was the case. He is a good man, that baby cream. Baby cream has thus far done nothing wrong. So he goes to study medicine at McGill University, and despite his name, seems to be upstanding. His picture, his graduation, he's wearing a striped tie. I'm just eating these baby carrots, do you know? Nope. It's from Saturday Night Live, and... John Hader? No. What's his name? Bill. Bill Hader. They're like miners. And he's like the head miner. But he's like very gay, clearly. And the, the, the voice is like, I'm just nothing. I'm just eating my baby carrot. <laughs> you know what? That's so funny. Well, all right. I think John Mulaney is going to get married. I don't know. Go ahead. So, as young adult cream is <laughs> working toward Chrome. his degree, he earns a reputation as a Wild and extravagant guy! You know that from Saturday Night Live. He's got... No. Wild and crazy guys? Old Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. I think I, I've heard that. I don't know that I knew it was from Saturday Night Live. Wild and crazy, crazy guys. guys! Yeah, I don't think I knew it was from. So, he's got a ton of money because his father, the manager at the shipbuilding yard, is pretty wealthy. 
and he's dressing real flashy. He's wearing crazy clothes and jewelry. God of Jesus, I can tell my necklace. Um, and he travels around in the most stylish of carriages. <laughs> it's like old timey wealth is very funny. But anyway, he's got the little gas lights hanging. Probably yeah, and like the little lanterns, you know, like yeah. velvet curtains, velvet on the inside. Young adult cream graduates from McGill University. With I think we merit. just have to keep saying baby green. Oh, okay. Because I can't baby green. I baby just, green. I wish It'd be better. He graduates with merit on March 31st. His address, or the address, I guess, given to his graduating class was the evils of malpractice in the medical profession. That needs to be talked about more. Because bitches be crazy. However, maybe gave some ideas to Baby Cream. <sighs> so not long after he graduates, Baby What's Cream... What's his first name? Neil. Is Neil. <laughs> Who cares? Thomas, Pro- I think. Thomas. Thomas Neil Baby Cream. Baby Cream. Baby, baby Thomas Cream. Nah. Meets and seduces Flora Eliza Brooks, who hopefully keeps her last name. Brooks was the daughter of a wealthy hotelier in Waterloo. Waterloo. They are dating. And then Brooks becomes pregnant. Cream is like, "Mm mm-mm, we cannot have this and performs an abortion. He creamed. He did accidentally. He probably purposefully creamed, but then he also purposefully performed an abortion. So he was like, I just want to practice this particular technique. Let me impregnate my girlfriend and then rip it out. Oh, that's a possibility. I had assumed that they just had sex and he wanted to cover it up. But he's not a good abortionist and Brooks gets really sick as a result of this. Sepsis. I don't know if it was Cream's father or Brooks's father who forces this, but somebody at gunpoint finds Cream, baby Cream afterward and drags him over to Brooks' family and is like, you are marrying this girl. You fucked up and you're going to own you it. You fucked her. You've impregnated her. You've depregnated her. Mm-hmm. She's ill now. Exactly. You, she is yours. Mm-hmm. So they get married. And I'm sure it was a lovely ceremony. Baby Not cream. a dry eye in the house. Baby cream. The next day after the ceremony, he's like, you're going to stay here. I'm going to go to England to continue my medical education. So he studies at St. Thomas Hospital in London. St. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Hospital in London is across the street from one of the lodgings where some of the prostitutes, hmm. famous for having been murdered in the Jack the Ripper murder series, lived. Well, at least they were next to a hospital. Yeah, right across the street. Just never getting any help, though. The lodging... Surprisingly, you're dead in an alley, and the help couldn't get there in time. The lodging is right... The lodging is gone. But when you Google the address, you could just turn around and Google Maps and St. Thomas Hospital looming massive in the background. And that's where it's always been. And that's where it's always been. Yep. Some of these bitches probably shouldn't. Well, I mean, when your shit's ripped out. Exactly. Know, but still. So Cream is there until 1878 and he's working as a an occasional obstetrics clerk. He's oh, also... He, he decided he wanted to go on. Okay. Yeah, I guess the abortion really turned him on. Tickled his got, fancy. He got super excited, but also wanted to learn how to do it right. He's also obviously courting women. In the meantime, the whole time he's there. Because how's your, how's your wife you don't want going to find out? It's across the pond. Yeah. Uh, so Flora Brooks, the wife. Flora Mello. Flora Mello Brooks. She gets bronchitis. And she... <gasps> Ain't nobody got time for that. And she dies of what looks like consumption. The attending physicians, however, wonder if the death is somehow linked to this medicine that Cream had sent her from London when she told them she had bronchitis. You sound like you're from London. The attending physician says... Yeah, I think Cream did it. It looks like strychnine, but never acts on those suspicions. Why not? Girl, listen to Dr. Death Season 1 uh, and you will know because it's still a thing. Why not? Like, the fuck? It's too much effort. <sighs> so, Baby Cream spends some time in Scotland before he decides he's going to go back to Canada in May 1878. 
Scotland. Because remember, he's born Mulch there. Cheney. It's a drag queen. Mm-hmm. I haven't lost it yet. I got She's Scottish. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Probably. <laughs> he sets up a medical practice in London, Ontario. Not more than a stone's throw from us. And begins a side hustle as an illegal abortionist like one does. So, wait, time out. He Go was ahead. in London, across from the whorehouses. Yes. And then he went to Scotland. Yeah. And he then went to London, Canada, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And is now... How, what is the time frame? Do we know? Um, That's he, a lot of he moving. He returned to Canada May 1878. And when was he in... The London's and the Scotland's. He was in, I don't know how long he was in Scotland, but it doesn't seem to be like an extensive stay. Um, he moved to London. Well, I don't know exactly when he moved there, but he graduated in 1876, was forced to get married like not long after, and then moved to England immediately after the wedding. So like from 78 to like maybe just 78, 77 to 78, 76 maybe to 78. He wasn't there long, but he goes back. Yeah, I'm just wondering. It's just, I hate to move. And it just seems a lot. And you're hopping countries. I also do feel seems like he just extra. has, like, a leather medical bag. Like, I don't think he's carrying a ton of clothing or anything. He's a man of... Illegal abortion. Clothes. Mm. A year after Cream sets up camp in Ontario... Baby Cream. Baby Cream. The body of Kate Gardner, who was a young chambermaid, was found in an, one of the outbuildings behind his office. She was pregnant, and there was a bottle of chloroform next to her body. Obviously, people are like, um, excuse me, because his practice wasn't like, abortions, get them here. It was like obstetrics and gynecology. So when a pregnant woman shows up dead behind an OBGYN's office, seems weird, with a bottle of chloroform next to her. Did one of those guys blow out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I can smell like birthday candle. Mm -hmm. Just checking. Go ahead. So we got a dead pregnant lady. Yes. Okay. Behind his office, like, hide her. And why are you leaving chloroform right next to her? During and why don't you report it? It's people! He should just be like, listen, this pregnant woman came to my establishment. I refused and while her I a- abortion. While I asked her to wait in the waiting room, she wandered off and I found her dead. Or didn't even. This is the first time hearing of it. During the inquest, people are so bad at murder. It comes out that Gardner had visited Cream's office several times for an abortion. By Cream's admission, he says he refused to provide her with abortifacients. Ew, And said that the death must have been a suicide. In what? She chugged the chloroform? Is that the implication? Cream also argued that she was impregnated by a local businessman and would, like, plead for him to help her with an abortion. But some think that it was his baby, because he was, like, also notoriously, like, sleeping Uh with everybody. Mm -hmm. Use a hoe. The coroner was like, "Eh, I don't think so. And he convenes a coroner's jury, which I absolutely love. The coroner's jury rules that Gardner had died from chloroform administered by some person unknown. So, like, he used too much. Even though that was literally your thesis. Baby Cream. Killed him. Killed her. Baby Cream was not charged with murder. Shocks. Shocks of all shocks. Because rich. But the whole town was like, you fucking killed this person. And so his practice and his reputation obviously are tarnished, and he goes to... Chicago. God damn it. Can we just ever have a Texas story for fun? Oh, sake? I'll work on it. In Chicago, Cream sets up a shop Actually, near... Actually, I have an India story, so we are Oh, excellent. Uh, Cream sets up shop in the West Side's Prostitution District, which is kind of a lucrative setup if you're a back alley abortionist, it feels like. 
In August of 1880, Marianne Faulkner, a woman who he had operated on, was dead. Baby cream was exonerated due to a lack of evidence. Well, everything's a lack of evidence. Use your brain cells. But also, like, try harder to find evidence. I feel like when you're like, well, oh, read a rich thesis. white guy. The police in Chicago are well aware of him, but once again, he's escaping prison for the murder of another young patient who died. And then in December of 1880, another patient, still, named Ellen Stack, R.I.P. Girl died after she took the medication that he prescribed. Here's where it gets weird. Then Cream starts writing letters, like, but he was getting away with it. Just Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you're so lucky to have gotten away this far. Like just get away with it and shut up. Cream starts trying to blackmail the pharmacist who made up the prescription that he wrote. The pharmacist starts getting these threatening letters, and he goes to the pharmacist goes to police, but no charges are ever filed against. Baby Baby cream. cream. In April of 1881... Almost my birthday. Alice Montgomery dies of strychnine poisoning after an abortion. She died in a rooming house that wasn't even a block from Cream's office. Her case was ruled a murder, but never looked into or solved. By 1881, though, Cream was finally arrested. The arrest comes because of the death of a 61-year-old man named Daniel Stott. Stott was sick. He had epilepsy and would suffer seizures frequently. He sent 61-year-old Stott would send his 33-year-old wife Julia into the city to pick up pills that would help him with his epilepsy. And she was going to baby cream to try to get these pills. Because uh, typically and historically, obstetricians handle epilepsy. I don't know that he had listed himself in Chicago as an obstetrics. It might just just have been like... Just like Primary. Exactly. Just... Just a grab bag of specialties. Mm-hmm. Just, like, affairs abound. Also, just a little bit, because obstetrician. I just keep thinking of Bill Cosby playing. Ugh. Awful. Gilbert Humphrey. No, what the fuck? No idea. I Hux- didn't watch the show. Huxtable. Mm-hmm. Clifford. Heathcliff. That's funny, because it, it started as Clifford Huxtable. And then after, he became Heathcliff Huxtable. That is weird. And they just call him Cliff. So Cream starts an affair with this 33-year-old Julia. Baby Cream. And she was probably thrilled because the dick is younger than 61. Do you know what I mean? Just saying. The dick is younger than 61. After Baby Cream convinces Julia to open up a life insurance dick policy. Dick is younger than 61. Oh, it's true. Dick age is important. Oh. Although if it's too young, doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. A sack age is also important. No. And I feel like at 61, it starts to become more of an issue. It's dripping in the toilet at that mm. point. but And the outhouse, so it's in the... No, thank you. Get the shared genital soap. So, Baby Cream asks Julia to, like, open life insurance on David Stott, and she does, and then he gives her strychnine pills to take home to Stott. Within minutes, Stott is dead, Kelsey Breeze. And then... So strychnine doesn't fuck around, unless he was like, he needs to take ten of these. He, he way overdosed him, but because Stott had epilepsy, because he was taking medication, because it was a known thing in the community... Not looked into The coroner doesn't look into it. However, Baby Cream can't get a fucking grip and he starts sending letters again. So he sends a letter to the coroner again and is like, you should look into this more. You should exhume the body. This is super important. The pharmacist fucked up again. You gotta, like, look into the pharmacist. They keep writing these pills or these prescriptions. So now he's trying to frame OJ. Just to let it go. Frame OJ. But I really like OJ. Dana Carvey. Mm Mm-hmm. One night, 
This is totally unrelated to the crime, but I think it's funny and it still stands. Some totally unknown people erect a tombstone at Stott's grave and it stays there right now and it says, Daniel Stott died June 12th, 1881, aged 61 years, poisoned by his wife and Dr. Cream. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Hold somebody responsible. Exactly. But did she know? And so the coroner, because he's getting, the coroner's getting these letters about like, from Cream about like, go to the pharmacist, you gotta look into, hey, exhume the body, look into the, the pharmacist. He's like, fuck you. It doesn't acknowledge Cream, but... Well, Cream is signing it, his name? Yeah. What? Thank you. I'm assuming this was all anonymous. So, no. Hieronymous. This fucking, like, lunatic. So, some people say that the body is exhumed at some point, but some people are like, Cream just wouldn't stop, and the coroner gave in finally. Some people said that Julia told the police that Cream tampered with the pills, and she had no idea. Um, that, or, like, she was gonna leave him, and then he did this, or whatever. In any event, Stott is exhumed. There's enough strychnine left in Stott's undecayed stomach to kill anyone. And Cream, not the chemists, not the pharmacists, what is wrong with you, are charged with and found guilty of murder in the second degree. Cream was given a life sentence, but- Well, it clearly worked out well, because I'm imagining he's done more troubles. Naturally. He's released in June or July of 1891. There are conflicting reports here, and I need to get there in a second. So How long time served? Um, so he was arrested in 81 and released in 91. Oh, okay. Reports say that he was released in 91. So he was released early because the governor commuted his sentence mm. because Baby Cream's baby brother pled for leniency and bribed authorities. Doesn't feel... Baby, baby cream. Yes. Doesn't feel out of the realm of possibility for the 1890s. I mean, I, I okay. He goes to Canada for a moment, probably to get his shit. And then goes back to England, where he settles into a room at 103 Lambeth Place Road in South London. That's the address. That's the brothel. That's that's where he's living. In a brothel. Across from the hospital. In the rooming houses. In the rooming houses. But he can afford to pay. Exactly. Do you think he pays monthly instead? He just drops a hard... Do you think he had his girlfriend... Not Edo, so did, what was her name? The last one. Do you think he had her pay for the room so that it wasn't in his name and then murdered her afterwards? I don't know. I have a lot of questions here. So That escalate. I wasn't prepared. Ju oh, bitch. So Julia was arrested also. The Stott's wife was arrested also in his death, but because she turned state's evidence against Baby Cream, she wasn't serving any time. So at some point in all of this, unclear when, Cream becomes addicted to drugs. <laughs> so not just addicted to using drugs to kill people, he now uses it for himself. Yes. Okay. Shortly after he arrived, he technically arrived in London, and we only know that he got there. There aren't any ships, ledgers, or anything with his name, but we only know that he got there because at some point, his name gets on a piece of real estate at 103 Lambeth, and he could have been there for a year before, ten years before. We know that his sentence officially ended in 91, and then suddenly he's in London. And this paperwork is not dated. Which paperwork? The real estate paperwork. The real estate paperwork is dated October 1st, 1891. Okay. So, just a little bit after that, he starts another murderous streak. He poisoned four Lambeth prostitutes over seven months. On October 13th, 1891, another Ellen. Jesus Christ. Who went by Nellie Downworth. She was Shall I call you Nellie? Please. She was 19 years old, a prostitute, and she accepted a drink from cream. It had been laced with strychnine. She got super sick the next day and was dead on the 16th, so she lasted for three days. That seems silly. Dr. Cream wrote to the coroner, offering to name the murderer for 300,000 pounds as a reward. But, like, 
as a poisoner, mm-hmm. you poison a random. You don't get to watch them die. Yeah. So what is it's just for shits and gigs? I guess. Ew, I'm so mad that I said that. So he also writes to somebody else who, like, this guy was- How much a- is 3,000 pounds? Or 30,000? I didn't look it up. I don't know. What? Sorry. Um, he also writes to WFD Smith, who owned a book stand, like, you know, those people who, like, sell newspapers and books and shit, accusing him of the murder and demanding that that guy give him hush money or else he was going to go to authorities. This guy has too much time on Fucking crazy. On October 20th, 1891, Baby Cream meets 27-year-old prostitute Melinda Clover. Oh, Matilda, sorry. Sorry, girl. Matilda. She gets sick and she dies the next morning. Poor Matilda. She was an alcoholic, and her death immediately was attributed to her alcoholism. The cirrhosis. But don't worry. Baby he Cream sent a letter. wrote a note to a local physician, William Broadbent, accusing him of the poisoning and demanding cash. Broadbent forwarded the letter to Scotland Yard because this woman died of alcoholism. What are you talking about? Maybe we should look more into this murder. On April 2nd, 1892, after a small Canadian vacation. (laughs) You went to Halifax, Nova Scotia, eh? And also while he was there, he tried to date Laura Sabatini. Bitch, you in danger. You in danger, girl. Run. It doesn't work out. And she lives. And yeah, and then he goes back to London. So Cream tries to poison well, Lou not. Harvey, who's natively born Louise Harris. She pretends to swallow the pills and doesn't really. Spits them back out. She secretly throws the pills into the Thames River and later testifies against him in court. Get a bitch. I would have saved them. Oh, because you can test Testing. them? But I don't know if you could test them in 1890, so she might not have had that in her dombies. Well, how do they know they died from strychnine? I wonder if it has something to do with the way that the body decomposes. Or the way that the innards look. On April 11th, Cream met Alice Marsh, sorry, a 21-year-old prostitute, and Emma Shrivel, an 18-year-old prostitute. An 18-year-old? Yeah. He talks his way into their flat. Never. Nope. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. The brain. So you just said he talks his way into their flat, and I, my brain thought you were going to say he talks his way into their flap. Oh, like they were going to have sex. Yikes. Nope. I don't want that to be something I think, so. Right. Cool. No, he talks their way into their apartment. Thank you. Um, and offered them bottles of Guinness. Cream leaves before the strychnine takes effect, and both women die alone in agony. I mean, die alone together, I guess, but still. That would be awesome. <laughs> Let's die alone together. Oh, God. Baby Cream could have probably avoided suspicion for all of this, but he couldn't shut the fuck up. I just can't get over that he's signing these letters. He continues to write letters to he's local physicians. He's signing the blackmail ones, too? Um, so sometimes when he's writing blackmail, he signs it with a fake name. Okay. But there are a multitude of ones that are under his real name. He's writing these letters to local physicians, and he's always trying to blackmo- blackmail... Blackmail? Blackmail innocent people for his own financial gain. But, like, how do you... Like, what are you gonna... Drop the money where? Do you know what I mean? It's, like, so old-timey. I just don't even understand. He says that if they don't pay him... He's going to help the police turn suspicions toward them, which is wild also because none of his letters have ever helped him. They've only ever done him harm. No problem. He also keeps bragging about how much he knows about the killings. And when somebody comes to visit him, who happens to be a former New York detective, he's like, let's go. There's been murders in the area. Let's go visit the area of all the homes and like takes him on this tour of like where all the women lived. How do you know that some of these women didn't die in their homes, you psychopath? And then another person who's part of the police district in the area comes by just, like, chatting with him. And he's like, do you want to go see the murder homes? Let's go Let's go to the ladies' homes. Like, you're, you're a crazy person. 
also, also, in one of his blackmail notes, he says that the death of Matilda Clover, who, again, alcoholism, is his work, is the work of the same person. So now he's linked, like, th yes, there was suspicion. Originally, he made it seem like, oh, this person might not have died of alcoholism. And now he's been like, not only did it not die of alcoholism, I can definitively link it to one person. And so all they have to do is figure out who wrote the fucking notes, and then they figure out it's him. Anyway, with all of his showboating and bullshit, Cream is arrested, and he's charged with those four murders, one attempted murder, and extortion letters to those London physicians. Oh, Girl. Compulsion he has to write those letters. Lots of letters came in from Dr. Ripper also. Hold on. So during the inquest, it was July 1892, he reads a letter that he said was from Jack the Ripper declaring that Dr. Neil, which he called himself because Cream is hideous, is innocent. Not from Jack the Ripper, you just so, wrote that. wait, hang on. Go ahead. Let's pretend it's real. We're to understand that Jack the Ripper took time out <laughs> from his organ removing yeah. to vouch <laughs> for baby cream. My because he is the most appropriate character witness yes. of all the characters. Mind you, this is 1892 and those murders ended in 1888. So, like, he's, he, he's taken four years off. He's thought about the error of his ways, and he would like to exonerate this man as well. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Baby Cream's trial was held October 1892. The jury deliberated for... Five minutes. Ten minutes. Oh, close. shit! <laughs> Baby Cream was found guilty and sentenced to hang. Throughout the trial, and weirdly, he requested that he only be known and described as Dr. Thomas Neal. And I think it's just amazing that history is like... You're cream. Your last name is Cream. You're hideous. It's hideous. Everything about you is hideous. Baby Cream. So, again, we had talked about this before. People love to get real confession-y when they're about to die. And so he finds out he's going to get hanged. And just before he's sent to the gallows, he tells his jailers that he deserves to die and that he had killed many, many other women. Some believe that those other women might have been Jack the Ripper's victims. This is further suspected because as so he's walking up to the gallows and the hangman's telling his charge you to hang by the neck until you are dead and may, may god, god have mercy, mercy on your soul. soul and cream goes i am j and gets hanged and cuts him off so what also very annoying do you remember that wife that was like oh we should bury him in the churchyard even though he cheated on me and killed all those people uh -huh. so as was customary here his body was buried in an unmarked grave within the prison walls can you imagine going to prison for something like stealing bread to save your family and, like, there's just dead-ass corpses in the walls? I think it seems appropriate. That's some Disturbia shit. I'm not into it. Disturbia! So, people think that he was hanged and said, I am Jack, and was trying to tell people that he was Jack the Ripper. Here's some main arguments for and against. This is this is my... People, for not a visual medium, my face is incredulous. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay, cool. In 1888, the year the Ripper murders start, Cream is in prison in Joliet, Illinois, serving time for the murder of Daniel Stott. Also, aside from the executioner, this no one... This is for or against? Against. Aside from the executioner, no one remembers hearing him say, I am Jack. They, some people think that the executioner was like, Trying to be I'm cool. killing this guy. Let me also get the notoriety of having hanged Jack the Ripper. Whatever. Someone, you're going to love this, suggested that Cream may have lost control of his bodily functions as a result of fear, 
and have actually been trying to stammer, I'm ejaculating, which was mistaken for I am Jeff. That's my favorite. I am dead. (laughs) Every time I was about to be hung as a man, I would scream, I'm ejaculating. Every time. But if he was just like, I'm just, you know what I mean? Kind of. I mean, if you're, uh, if you're about to die and you feel like you need to announce that this is happening when very clearly people could probably see it on their own. He has, he has creamed his Aww. jeans. Baby cream. Is that where we got it from? No. No, because I think women cream their jeans. Oh, man. Discharge. Mm. Um, there doesn't appear to be any attempted extortion in any of the canonical Ripper murders, so if you agree that those also, five are- Also, it's not poison. The fuck? But if you're escalating- oh, so, Okay, so no that one- That is quite an escalation. Cream always also wrote blackmail notes to these prominent people, and none of that happened really in the Ripper crimes. Because remember, a lot of those people think are fake, and then the ones that they don't think or can't verify are fake aren't talking about like, oh, this guy's innocent, or you should look at this guy. It's just like, you'll never find me. And (laughs) if fucking Cream had done that, it at least would have made some sense. And then, to your point, Cream was a poisoner, not a mutilator. It doesn't make a ton of sense for Cream to poison victims before 1888 go on this huge, violently murderous killing spree, mutilating everyone, and then just be like, I'm gonna poison again. Yeah. I just really liked poisoning. Yeah. Arguments four. Mm. Donald Bell, a crime writer, firmly believes that Cream is the Ripper. Anything you read of his, he thinks he's solved the crimes. He said that Cream could have easily been let out of prison well before 1891, and that that date was just the year of his official release. That's, like, the date the paperwork caught up. I don't think that that's unusual, in old timeies, especially if you had an outraged c- citizenry, but also you were taking bribes from a rich family. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. oh yeah, he's still in prison. Please go some other country. Do you know what I mean? Like, get out of here. He was extra rich, mm-hmm. but not really. And Joliet Prison, in support of that, was always kind of like notoriously corrupt. So it would have been super possible that Cream, whose father died in 1887 and leaving him a ton of wealth, took advantage, escaped early, kept the jailers quiet. And decided he was going to live this life in London. He was, as was the Ripper, a killer, serial killer of prostitutes in London. Cream had a past of illegal abortions, which Bell uses as evidence of that, like, Ripper-esque butchery, that, like, taking out of the uterus and things. It's also widely believed that Jack the Ripper had a medical background, which Cream obviously did. Both killers have some sense of moral superiority, and... For the people who agree that Jack was killing prostitutes in order to, like, rid society of a terrible menace, which was something that was found in the letters, which might not even be real, mm-hmm. that's sort of the same thing that Cream was doing. Both killers did like to write an antagonistic letter. Stop writing. Just kill people and go to bed. One of them has the sense not to sign their name. During the Ripper days, hundreds of letters were sent to the press and police. Many Ripperologists, I would like to be that believe that those notes aren't real, but some believe that the true killer probably wrote at least two, maybe three of them, including... From Hell. From Hell. Dear Boss. Un- unclear on Dear Boss, but definitely From Hell. From Hell. Almost a hundred years after these letters have been written, Dirk Davies, who is a British graphologist, compared Dr. Cream's handwriting with one of the genuine, in air quotes, Ripper letters, and also one of the hoax letters, This goes back to my thought of, like, old-timey handwriting just is what it is. He finds similarities between all three. Davy's explanation isn't just, like, old-timey handwriting was, like, one guy taught everyone how to handwrite. He says that Cream must have written both the real and the hoax letter 
And he was trying to use as much disguise as possible to hide that he was also the Ripper. Though no one ever saw the Ripper, the he best- would, if he <laughs> If he was Jake the Ripper, he would claim it right away. Because he's an insane person. Yes! Though no one ever saw the Ripper, the best physical description comes from George Hutchinson and matches Cream's general appearance. It also matches the description of Lou Harvey, who is the prostitute who chose not to take those strychnine pills. It matches her description really well, too. A dark complexion, a dark mustache, which was twirled at the ends, wearing a memorable watch chain, and a horseshoe tie pin. That horseshoe tie pin is the entirety of this argument. Like, the fact that he had it on at his graduation, and then he had it on when he almost killed Lou Harvey, and then, like, somebody in the streets saw him with it. He also was frequently frequenting prostitutes. Like, he was killing them. There's no doubt he was killing them. Just so, not the same one. Yes. So, like, sorry, and I don't And know. he also very likely could have frequented a prostitute that was then murdered by Jack the Ripper. Correct. And, like, how many horseshoe tie pins I know, were there? Like, how many possible shapes did you have in 1880? That's what I'm wondering. Like, oh, it, it's not like Leotard and Lisa Loeb, exactly. where it's this one particular frame that Can only three people have. Fucking morons. Like, of all the things to leave there. Or, do you think that Cream was just an egomaniac who wanted people to remember his name after his death? And as he was being hanged, was like, you know what else I can do? Say that I'm Jack and then get all that notoriety. Oh, bitch, there's also this theory, and I can't even, I didn't even write it down, that he had a duplicate, like a twin or something. And he, while he was in jail, his twin was overdoing all the Ripper murders. And then when he was being hanged later, he wanted to exonerate the duplicate. And so he said, I am Jack, so that there would be no more suspicions on somebody else. Little did you expect that 200-something years later, people are still looking into the river. So, bad play, my friend. But, like... Hear me out. Go ahead. I think Mm -hmm. that he didn't say, I am anything, and just made a noise when he flew off the handle. Fair. Very fair. And I think if he were Jack the Ripper, 100%, he would have claimed it way before he Mm. was half hung. And I think that it makes no sense... That you are poisoning, 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 poisoning. You're going to take some time. You're going to just rip out some organs and put them on shoulders for shits and giggles. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. That makes no... Especially because he goes back to poisoning. If it would have been like poison, 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 uteri everywhere, Mm -hmm. and then you get caught, okay. Also, I feel like for somebody who has a history of chloroform knowledge, it would make more sense to, rather than slit the throat, to chloroform Mm -hmm. them then eviscerate. Do you know what I mean? Like, there there are ways to go about that medically that make more sense if you had strong medical knowledge. And it seems to me that his In that specific history idea. of being a backdoor abortionist mm-hmm. is more about the terminating of a pregnancy than yeah. anything to do with a uterus mm-hmm. or, like, a female anything. And I do agree that, like, he could have seen situations that he felt were amoral and decided to kill prostitutes, but he, in my opinion, chose to do that with strychnine, not with mutilations and i offer that because he on several occasions has poisoned and then not been able to see the result is why he wrote letters Mm -hmm. to get like the thrill of it because like but also you're an idiot yes that doesn't just period it's you're an idiot like Mm There, that's a very weird compulsion to yes. me to have to write those letters. That and it's not like the Zodiac up. who, like, was taunting To exhume and, the goddamn body yeah. for the murder for which Signing I've already been exonerated? Name, like, I just don't... To blame somebody else for what? Just, like, you're bored, man. Like, you're bored. And you're basic. 
Or, like, you want the notoriety of it. Which but then is like, just say you fucking did it. But that's, like, if you were gonna say I am Jack, I think it is for, like, an egomaniacal purpose. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't, you want more fame than you deserve. And well, you're it like, seems also embarrassing. If he, let's say he did say I am Jack and he's claiming he's Jack the Ripper. How long ago was that past? Like, you're still thinking about Jack the Ripper? Yeah. Get a grip. Also, I you mean, did it was four years, to be fair, but. <laughs> but, like, still. Mm-hmm. You did enough damage to be your, you could be, I am baby cream and everybody's upset about it. But also he could have, those people that he killed, that he genuinely killed, he could have eviscerated as well Uh and made an even stronger argument for like, oh, this person came back. Like, the hell? So, those are my... It just seems like there was another serial killer on the Thank you! Another serial killer of fucking London prostitutes in the Whitechapel district. Like, the fuck? The fuck? It's prime hunting ground. Girl, I can't. I'm so angry. And I mean, these people, you have to give it to them. They have different, like... M.O.'s? Yeah, you They know? got a signature. Yeah, they're... It, this guy literally signs his own name, but... They're being creative, you know? We got a poisoner, we got a torsoer, oh we got God. a ripper, we got a railroad jolly man. <laughs> well, I, I am gonna do the Thames River, mur- the torso killer, because that's very interesting to me. But, like, so much is going on in this area... That's what made but me question to Jack be the fair, Ripper. To be fair. I'm here. So we had these very grimy, grisly murders. Mm-hmm. Grimy. I'm willing to bet that this all is happening everywhere. Oh, and fair. equally as rampant, and it just so happened that this was the perfect storm that got attention. And Can you imagine those police, too? You know, you're, if you're, like, a rookie, you're absolutely going to the Whitechapel Police District. <laughs> like, Honestly. Good luck, man. But, like, 100%. Please, if you live in Venice, the dead bodies that must have oh. just been thrown in the canal, like, I, again, it's like, everyone now is like, oh my god, there's so many school shootings. Well, that's different, but like, yeah. there, there probably were way more, just, there was no way to like, report it as quickly as we're receiving news now. Yeah. So, this guy just got a little too gross and got on the radar Everyone else was just slightly below gross, and they just went through Torsos? their life. I mean, it's, I guess it's still not as bad as coming upon, like, somebody's organs just, like, spread amok. And but, also, like, if they're like, well, probably Jack the Ripper, then... Yeah. That's... Signing his name to letters where he was like, please exhume that body that I killed. I just think you didn't get it please right. Please exhume my dear Aunt Sally. Oh my god. I gave her strychnine. That is the most interesting thing to me. Uh Not even, like, write letters for days that you had to sign it. Oh, my God. Because, again, like, the Zodiac taunted. BTK taunted. But Zodiac had a fucking code. BTK signed a BTK. The fact that, like, did you want to just be the smartest doctor in the room? Were you just, like... you weren't even. You're the stupidest. But is he, like, obviously you're so bad at your job that you didn't even think to (laughs) test for this poison? So please exhume a body. Well, he was, like... I wrote a prescription for him for his epilepsy. It gotta be that the pharmacist fucked it up. He made strychnine pills. I didn't do that. No one's looking at you. No one even thought you did that. But methinks thou dost. So he must have just given pills then? Yeah! Yeah. Okay, because I was like, there's... Well, he would get the prescription and then lace them and then give it to the patient. Oh, okay, there it is. There it is. Lace. Old lace. Men, man. Drums! 